Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, halfway home on the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. <clears throat> well, it's uh, the worm turned very quickly for Spencer Strider. So he only got one out in the sixth inning and then gave up two home runs. And um, look, six and a third. Six hits, two earned runs, good start. Could have been more, but now he's been knocked out of the game, and um, we're going to see the uh, debut of uh, Johnson here, the pitcher that they just picked up from the uh, Colorado Rockers. But 10 strikeouts and a walk, but the two home runs. Day-Day, here's an interesting stat mm-hmm. for Spencer Strider. Um, as of right now, he's pitched 127 innings. So with the six and a third that he um, pitched tonight, He's No, sorry, 123 innings. He's pitched 123 innings now, okay? Mm-hmm. So last year, he pitched 131 and two-thirds innings. I know part of that was relief, right? Okay, made 20 starts out of his 31 games. So 131 and two-thirds innings last year. He only gave up seven homers last year in 131 and two-thirds innings, okay? 123 innings pitched this year. So that's six and a third brought him up to 123 innings. He's given up 18 homers this year. 18 homers this season. And a lot of that has come over about the last eight or ten starts or whatever like that. Right. Again, two home runs he gave gave up tonight. You know, he wasn't giving up the home run ball earlier in the year, and he's given up a pretty good amount of home runs now. That's that's a pretty good amount of home runs in 123 innings. If you're giving up 18 homers. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too because it's like his strikeouts are 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 clearly way up, but then well, so are the home runs, well, right? So huh. Well, okay. <laughs> so, let's travel back in time to in March, okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember this specifically because I was in here by myself hosting the Chuck House. And we were doing on a Friday a buy or sell. Right okay. as mm-hmm. as as Shappy does on Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. So I had Mike Connie, and I had Matt Stewart. You know who Matt Stewart is? Yeah, longtime yeah, broadcaster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been on Eleven Alive, and, and yep. you know, again. So I had them on, and I and I asked them this specific question: Do you think Strider breaks John Smoltz's modern day record of 276 strikeouts this season? Now they said, "Well, maybe in the future." I said, "No, no, this year." Right. He's he's. He's. I, I think he does it this year. Now, Smoltz, he has the record in 1996, the 20th century and beyond, Mark. Okay, right. There are guys in the 19th century that had more strikeouts than John Smoltz. But again, just like the runs scored total, mm-hmm. we're not counting those. Right. I'm not counting what the Boston Bean Eaters did in 1883. Okay. Right. We're talking modern day, 20th century and beyond. Smoltz, has the record with 276 strikeouts in 1996. Right. Okay? And I asked if Strider could beat that. Well, so far, so good. So the 10 strikeouts tonight now put Strider at 199 on the season in 123 innings pitch. Now, tonight was start number 21 mm-hmm. for Spencer Strider, okay? So if you figure that the Braves have, this is game number 100 for the Braves tonight, right? I mean, this is 
So the Braves are 60, uh, sorry, 64 and 35. Mm-hmm. So with tonight's, again, if, let's just say they win tonight. This will be game number 100. So with 62 games left, you expect him to get maybe 10 to 12 starts. Right. And that's if they pitch him all the way through where, again, if they clinch the division early or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you maybe start to slow him down a little bit, make sure he's healthy, and you can set your rotation up. But right. let's say 10 starts. Right. Because that's realistic. I mean, that's, you know, probably 12 starts with 60 games, right? Mm-hmm. Once every five days, right? So probably 12 starts. But let's just say 10. Well, he's averaging almost nine and a half strikeouts per start. Not not the not the the per nine innings, okay? Right. Which he leads Major League Baseball at fourteen point six strikeouts per nine innings, which is even higher than what he did last year at thirteen point eight. But he's not only going to blow away the record because at this pace he would be at two ninety two, two ninety three. Right. But he's got an outside shot at three hundred, and that's rarefied air. I mean, now we're talking rarefied air. And I'll say this, if he does find a way to win this tonight, he'll lead the league in two of the three Triple Crown categories. He'll lead the league in wins. He's tied for the league lead right now. This would be his 12th win. That'll lead the league. And he's obviously tied, you know, or he's got the league lead in strikeouts. So when you look, why would Spencer Strider not be the Cy Young favorite right now? Why would he not be the favorite to win the Cy Young? And we talked about the strikeout record. I called that back in March. And I, I remember, I, and I, day day, I can, as brain dead as I am, <laughs> I remember the show that it was Mike Connie and we had Matt Stewart on for Buy or Sell and hosting the Chuck House. And I asked and talked about this specifically on the show that I thought he was going to break the record this season. And they thought, well, you know, it, it may happen at some point. No, no, he's going to break it this year. And now we're potentially looking at a 300 strikeout season. And mm-hmm. let's hope that they don't score another run because, again, that run would be toward the, the, the guy that's on base right now uh, on third is uh, Strider's runner. Like right. that, that's, yeah, uh, that's he, his. Yeah, yeah that would, that, if, if he scores, that would be the third run, and he won't get a decision um, in this game because it'll be tied at that point, and, and it'll be the top of the inning. So, again, I don't know why Spencer Strider would not be considered the favorite for the Cy Young. He has his ERA a little bit high. Yeah, I mean, again, his ERA right now is 3.73. So his ERA is a little bit lower than it was going into the game at 3.78. But that's maybe a little bit high of an ERA. But he's the most dominant pitcher going right now. And, yeah, again, he he gives up sometimes too many hits. Sometimes he gives up too many home runs. I think that's the big bugaboo is that, you know, here, oh, boy, and yeah, that's going to get out of here. And – yeah, well, that's, that's uh, wall, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, that's uh, yeah. Justin it's Turner, tied up. yeah, former oh, no, uh, Bra- Braves killer Justin Turner. You know, formerly of the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. So now the Red Sox have the lead. So yep. And so, there's Strider. Yeah, but that good. but that second run, the the actually uh, Johnson is responsible for the other base runner. So the 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 run that leads right now is Johnson's responsibility. Strider only had the one guy on base. Um, so he, Johnson would be the one that loses this game as of right now. But to your point, when we were talking earlier, a few breaks back, uh, segments back, he gives up the the home run at the wrong, it's it's the timing of the giving up the home runs. And it's it's too many home runs. I mean, again, in today's modern day baseball, you can't give up that many home runs. You you just can't. And and if he pitches close to 200 200 innings, you know, he's going to be on pace for almost 30 homers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot to give up in a in a season for a guy that, you know, if he pitches, you know, almost 200 innings, 25, 30 homers, that's a lot in a season. That would be a lot in the old days, a, a tremendous a lot. But still, he's still the most dominant pitcher in the National League. And I think right now he's the front runner for the, for the Cy Young. He leads in two of the three categories for um, the triple crown of pitching. He's been dominant. Yes, he does. You know, we look at it as he gives up too many home runs, but still. Um, and and his final line is six and a third, six hits, three earned runs, ten strikeouts, a walk, but the two home runs uh, that he gave up. 
And the Red Sox, by the way, have hit uh, two homers and almost hit a third one uh, with Turner's uh, at bat there. But, again, he's been dominant this year, and we called this back in March that I thought he was going to break the strikeout record this year. I, I had no reason to think that he wouldn't be in that Smoltz kind of territory. What I was concerned about was the number of innings that he would pitch. Because, again, if he was only going to be a five- or six-inning pitcher, you know, I, don't, I didn't know if he could get to enough strikeouts based on his number of innings. But when he's striking out almost nine-and-a-half guys per start that he makes, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, that takes into effect of whether or not he pitches seven, eight, nine innings or he pitches two innings. When you're averaging nine-and-a-half strikeouts per start, that's a staggering kind of figure. And that's, you know, that's like Doc Gooden, Roger Clemens type of numbers, you know, from the old days. You know, and, and there haven't been that many. I don't even know when the last time a pitcher had 300 strikeouts in the National League. I know Chris Sale has done it a couple of times in the American League, but I don't, I don't remember the last time a, a uh, pitcher had 300 strikeouts in the National League. Um, but, again, that's a dominant total, and it just shows you, you know, again, it wasn't that many years ago he's pitching at Clemson University. The fact that he has caught on this quickly. And look, as he gets older, um, as he gets, you know, more refined, you know, those kinds of things will – even as he loses velocity. And that's, that's where, again, you know, years from now, when you talk about developing that, you know, that next pitch, you know, that, that's where that maybe comes into play. But for right now, he's just the ultimate rare back and fire kind of guy. He's just the ultimate rare back and, you know, see if you can hit this or not. Now, unfortunately, some players have caught up to it maybe too often. And, you know, it is interesting that he's, you know, by and large more than, well, he's, he's, tripled, his, he's tripled his home run uh, total that he gave up last year and hasn't pitched as many innings. Maybe he feels a little bit too confident in what his stuff is. Maybe he doesn't, at times, maybe he doesn't pitch enough, right? Maybe he's he just rears back and fires and says, okay, see if you can hit this. Again, as he gets older and he develops, you know, being able to pitch, that philosophy may change, whatever, like that. But he's been terrific this year, and I don't see a reason why he's not the favorite right now to win the Cy Young. Look at his career right now, 23-8 and eight in 250 innings, with 391 strikeouts. That was going into tonight. That was going into tonight's action. Now it's 256, up 257, and he's got, uh, what, 401 strikeouts in 260, sorry, 256, no, 257 innings pitched, 257, 401 strikeouts. That's a ridiculous total. That's... That's Nolan Ryan, J.R. Richard in their prime. That's Clemens in his prime. That's Randy Johnson in his prime. Like, that's, that's prime time numbers. Those guys weren't doing that in their basically third, you know, season in big league baseball, but it's really his second full season in big league baseball because, again, he only had two games that he pitched in in his rookie year. Went 1-0 and in two games, and he only pitched two in the third inning. So hard to kind of count that, you know, his – for considering a rookie season, but he did uh, pitch a couple of games. Yeah, speaking of Randy Johnson, I believe he was the last national yeah, in, league. Yeah, for the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah so yeah. national as far as national league goes. Yeah, but what what year? Because like, uh, I know he did 2001. in two thousand one. Okay, so two thousand two thousand one is when they won the World Series. He's a three hundred strikeout pitcher then, I believe. So two thousand and two. Yeah, and he did the, it five times, I believe. Yeah, well, I, he did it in both leagues too. I think yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and also too. Uh, did he not in oh go back one year? Yeah, he did it 93, 98, 99, 01. Okay, look at I mean two thousand oh one and 02. Okay. Look at two thousand one. Look at that team. Didn't Schilling also have about two hundred and eighty strikeouts or almost three hundred strikeouts in two thousand one for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Because that was the year that they won the World Series and they had those two guys that just blew through the Braves, blew through everybody. Those guys had those yeah, two guys. Schilling, yep, they had Schilling. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. but how many strikeouts did Schilling have? Uh, that year. Let's I'm, see. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I, I here. I'll. I'll. 
I'll uh, I'll pull it up for you. Uh, let's see. Kurt Schilling in 2001 had 293 So he was strikeouts. right there. He led the league in innings. He led the league in wins, and he had 293 strikeouts. How about that combination? That's crazy. They won 11 playoff games in 01 in winning the World Series, okay? They won 11 playoff games. Mm-hmm. Schilling and Johnson had nine wins and a save in their 11 wins yep. in the playoffs. Nine wins and a save mm-hmm. in, 11, in 11 wins for the Diamondbacks. Crazy talk. But those two guys were as dominant as I've ever seen. All right. Back. It'll be time for that. We lost a, um, I don't want to say legend, but certainly a very controversial singer today as well. Chuck Ray in the Key Studio. Sports Radio Night to the Game. Honestly.com now. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulele speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 92.9, back at it, Chuckery Show. 9.22 in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Um, all right, Day-Day. So we lost Sinead O'Connor today. Yeah, and saw she that. was she was only fifty six years old. Now, yeah. I did not see, I did not see. I'm reading the article right now to see if what the cause of death they, was. I don't think they had one. Well, when I I got I saw the notification. I want to say early afternoon, mm-hmm. and at that point, it was just you know, family was asking for privacy. Nothing about you know where she was found. Anything, nothing like that. So, you know, I, I this is this is this is the sort of the timeline, if you will, but. She has had mental illness issues. Um, her teenage son committed suicide last year. Oh, wow. I did not know And that. she had talked about the idea of that she did not want to go on living without him. Mm. She was hospitalized not too long after that. Um, so I don't know at the end of the day if this was a suicide or what have you, but... Um, it is sad. I mean, 56 years old. Yeah, that's young. Yeah, yeah. Well, hell, I'm five years younger than Yeah, how about to say? I'm six years behind her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
obviously one of the more controversial artists of the last 20, 25 years, right? I mean, you know, she burned bridges everywhere, right? I mean, obviously ripping up the Pope's picture on Saturday Night Live, all of her political stances, mm-hmm. you know, she badmouthed Prince um, because, again, he wrote Nothing Compares to You. Mm-hmm. She badmouthed him. You know, she said that when she met, and I think Prince was already dead at this point, that she badmouthed Prince after he died about that um, uh, when she met him, he he treated her poorly and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, again, it was, I think, after he had died already. So very controversial. You know, good singer. Um, she she had, obviously, nothing Nothing compares to you was a massive hit. Like, it was a massive number one hit. Never really had songs that rose to that level. She had a couple of good songs, you know, but um, that's really the only song that she's really known for. But very controversial artist. And um, did you see that? They had a documentary about her on, I think it was uh, Showtime. They, they did a documentary about no, her. I did not. No. Pretty interesting. I okay. watched the whole thing. Yeah, very very interesting. I like those music biopics and stuff right. like that. And uh, it was pretty interesting. So RIP to um, one of the more controversial figures in music, Sinead O'Connor. So there is Day Day about to be a big auction. Now, I don't know how to convert pounds mm-hmm. into dollars. So pull this up. I know it'll take you an hour, but pull this up while we uh, while we look at this. How many pounds are in a dollar? Okay. Uh, do a conversion chart. But there is a huge auction that is coming of Star Wars props. Okay? There's an original um, 1977 Episode Four: A New Hope uh, Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, wow. That's going to be available. Okay? okay. Um, and then also it was used again in The Empire Strikes Back uh, a few years later. Um, they say that it's gonna, it's going to probably sell for somewhere in the three hundred eighty-five thousand pound range. Three hundred eighty-five thousand. Yeah. So, wh- so how, how many pounds in a dollar? Uh, well, one pound uh, right now equates to a dollar twenty-nine. Okay. So basically, this will be this will be somewhere in the four hundred thousand yeah. dollar range. Yeah, a good four hundred thousand dollars. There's also two Ewok masks. Um, that are available. So two original Ewok masks, masks that are available. The um, you remember in the Empire Strikes Back, the um, the snow like the the, the snow speeders. Yeah, the snow speeders mm-hmm. in, in in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna. There's a miniature model that's gonna sell for sixty thousand pounds. It looks like. Oh wow! So that's what seventy seventy five thousand. Yeah dollars um all kinds of crazy stuff there's this is from a collector i guess um that has been a collector for a lot of years and let's see the items are being sold in dallas texas by john azarian a well-known collector of film and tv props and stuff like that so yeah how about how about almost four hundred thousand for a storm stormtrooper helmet that's crazy Crazy yeah, stuff. People will pay for it. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, today is National Bagel Fest Day. <laughs> Are you a bagel eater? Uh, time to time. It's not I, a. I it's bagels. not a natural I, craving. I, I I love bagels. They're good. Yeah, I but, love. Yeah. I again, Einstein's over here. <laughs> I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I, I love bagels. I I. That's one of my favorite breakfast uh, things uh, to get. So, all right, we have a really good list of birthdays uh, today. Yeah. So, uh, Blake Edwards, uh, famous director, uh, Pink Panther movie series. Stanley Kubrick, very strange uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shining, yep. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie Eyes Wide Shut was his yep. last movie. That was the one with Tom Cruise, right? Yep, yep, yeah. and Nicole Kidman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mick Jagger's birthday is today. Um, I say that Mick Jagger is the best frontman in music history. Would you dispute that? No. I'd yeah. definitely say he's top five. I mean, I'm sure people will have their list, but you can't not 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 have him in the top five for sure. Oh yeah, uh, top five. That that if you put him fifth, I, I we wouldn't be friends anymore. Okay? <laughs> wouldn't be friends anymore. Um, Oscar winner Helen Mirren uh, from The Queen. Um, you see her in Red 
She's the old woman in red. Oh, that with uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and, and yeah, and John Malkovich. She was the, she was the female. Yes, uh, yes, right. Yeah, yes, the female assassin. Yeah. yeah, she's married to Taylor Hackford, who was the director of Ray. Oh wow! He directed that movie. Um, Roger Taylor, the drummer from Queen, the original drummer from Queen. Um, I remember this. Dorothy Hamill, 1976 gold medal in uh, Montreal in the Olympics in figure skating. Uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. You remember Tommy Wildfire Rich? Yeah. He, he was the NWA heavyweight champion for like two weeks. Two weeks. He yeah. made his name on Georgia Championship Wrestling. I probably, if I saw him, I probably recognize Yeah, he his was face. big here in the Georgia territory. Tommy Wildfire Rich. Beautiful, I mean, you know, good looking guy, blonde hair. Um, baby face, but he was literally the NWA champion for like two weeks. Wow, okay. Um, Kevin Spacey, who, think about how successful Kevin Spacey was, and he can't get a gig to save his life now because of all the controversy. All the controversy. Yeah, that, that's Didn't around I see, him. Did I read somewhere last week where one of his, a case against him was like either... Uh, yes, I saw some story about him that... Um, it was like dropped or yes, dismissed or something? something, yeah. It, it, yeah, so... Yeah, one of the cases that was against him, yeah. uh, I think it was just like last week dropped or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sandra Bullock's birthday is uh, today. Uh, Jeremy Piven from, um, what was that show called? Uh, Entourage. Entourage. He was also in, did you see Smoking Aces, the movie? Um, did you see uh, Rush Hour 2? He's the, yes, guy, he's yes, the guy in Rush yes, Hour 2 yes. that, that uh, gets them set up with their mm-hmm. clothes and all yep. that stuff. Uh, Kate Beckinsale's birthday. I like, is today. I love, I like her. Yeah, I really, yeah. I like she's her. in. Uh, she's been in some of those. Uh, what, she was like, in the underworld. Underworld. Yeah, movies. like what? She's the vampire. Yeah, vampires. Mm-hmm. I whatever. actually like those series. They kind of fell off after they got to the fourth well, one. Well, I I liked her in Van Helsing. I mean, the original. She was one, good that, in Van yeah, Helsing that, with that her and Hugh Jackman. Yep, yes. Yep. And then she was also in a movie with. Uh, it was, was more a of a thriller kind of where her and her lover or husband they were in a cabin. And some people tried to rob them or something. Oh. It was a pretty good movie, actually. I can't remember um, the name of it. Yes, um, the they terrorized them. Yeah, they, they terrorized. They, them they had the mask. They they weren't robbing them. They were just creepy. They were just yeah. killers. Um, she was also in that movie with Adam Sandler about the remote control. Oh yes, that's what it was called. Wasn't it called remote or control? I, I, or I, I, I do I remember know. it yeah, though. Yeah. Where he just kept. Yeah. 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 He kept changing everything <laughs> yeah. around with the remote control. So. All right, so tonight's top ten movie. I was, we may save this for another top ten because I I was thinking of one of two things. Okay. okay. So my other choice was going to be your top ten favorite breakfast or brunch places. Okay. In That's Atlanta. A good one. That's so a we'll, good one. we'll save we'll that save one, that one yeah. for for another time. But um, tonight's top ten list: your top ten favorite Jason Statham movies. Day Day, the floor is yours. All right. So up first, I got Cellular. Um, kind of similar to the movie with um that we were just talking about with Kate Beckinsale. Uh, the Mechanic. thought The Mechanic was yeah, pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's a remake, and, and that's, yeah. that, that wasn't a bad remake. I yeah. mean, that was um, – so he plays the Charles Bronson mm-hmm. character yep. uh, in that. So I like the ending of that uh, that movie. I had that on my list as well. Um, the first Expendables. I know he was in the second one. I honestly didn't watch the second one. The first one I thought was pretty good. I thought it was clever. I thought the uh, well, we'll you talk like about You like the that. second one better? I, I like the second one okay. better, yeah. Um, I do not like any of the Fast and Furious series, I'm but I did dig Hobbs and Shaw a little bit. I thought that because it was just them two. It wasn't the whole ensemble Is of everybody else. Is that the one where else. they fight Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns is fighting with them? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, yes. Yes. They, they go, now, they're they, going, yeah, Roman they, Reigns, they, they have to go back to... The Rock's character's yes. uh, homeland yes. to get yes. and and and, Roman and actually it's Roman and uh, the Usos are in there yes. too. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So. Uh, a lot of the family is yeah. because again they're all related. Exactly. Yeah. So that one was decent for me because again it wasn't you know and it still has some over the top stunts and all that but mm-hmm. it wasn't that whole ensemble and everything. Um, the one with J- Jet Li, he actually had another one that's on my list too. Oh with yeah, Jet yeah, Li. yeah. I I remember that movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. that one was good. The other one with Jet Li was called War. That okay. was another I, one that I was good. I did not good. see that one. Did you see Crank? I love Crank. Crank was now, good, right? <laughs> let me tell you. Crank is on. Uh, so we went and saw that at a movie theater. Okay. And I thought, this is going to be the most ridiculous right, thing. Right, right. Crank is a good yeah, flick. Yeah, it like, really that's is. A, that's a fun flick. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. What if you were in that situation where you had to do that just to, you know well, what I'm saying? again, like, the doctor that tries to save him is Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. That's the doctor that tries to save him, but... 
that was it, it's it's filmed in a crazy like the visual of it mm-hmm. is really crazy yep. because it's just all over the place. Yeah. But I I had because I was going to mention. I think Crank is his most underrated movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. Crank is a good yeah, flick. It was. And in my top two, Transporter, my number one, Snatch. I love Snatch with him, Brad Pitt. That movie is just. that. So my guy, Dennis Farina, yes, is, is, in, yes, is in Snatch. Yes. And again, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. I love Snatch. Yes. I, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan, big fan of, uh, of Snatch. I um, Instead of some of the Jet Li movies, I also had um, – it wasn't all that great, but for what it was, Death Race. Okay, um, that's yeah. a remake as well. Yeah. Um, he was again. It's kind of a ridiculous movie. Um, but I, I love the Expendables. Mm-hmm. I love the second Expendables like the even second more. Okay. I love the second with John Claude Van Damme yeah. mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis and, and Schwarzenegger fighting yeah. in the movie, and Chuck Norris. Yep, like it's it's old timers day yeah. at, at the at the movie theater. <laughs> I mean, it was that was my that was fantastic. I again. The third one wasn't so good. Um, this one, there, you know, there's another yeah, Expendables there's another coming, one coming up. Yeah, there's another one coming out, yeah. Now, neither one of us had the Meg on there because that's the movie that's coming out here in, what, a couple yeah, weeks or whatever like that? Yeah, second Meg, yeah. My, my mean, 10-year-old loves that movie. I mean, does it not look like the – I mean, the first Meg is ridiculous as it is. Right, this, this one even looks right. like it's more amped up. Like, <laughs> yep. it looks video game-ish. Yep. Looks like a video game. Yep. Parker, I didn't think, was a very good movie. That's a remake, uh, I believe, as well um, on there. Um, and I think he's going to be in this next Expendables movie, right? I yes. mean, he's he's going to be in in that movie um, as well. And then the other movie he was in, you know, he had a he had a little bit part in Collateral. He did as well. He did. He did. It was very small role. Yes. Yes. But Collateral is a great. I didn't movie. put Collateral just because the role was small. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that was a great movie. And, and then the other one that I really like, I like the Italian Job. That, that's Italian a re- Job was good. That, that was Mark Wahlberg, yeah, right? That, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that, that's a remake as well. Yes. My, Michael Caine was in the original. Yes. Was in the original uh, Italian Job. That's a remake as well. But um, but I, the Italian Job for what it was was a pretty good movie. I didn't like the other Transporter movies, but I loved the first one. Yeah, the first one loved, was great. Loved the first, the first one. one. I didn't, I didn't like the second one. I think there was a third one as well. Didn't like the second or third one, but I loved the the first, uh, yeah, uh, first Transporter movie. So. The first one was great. Uh, and then again, I had I and now listen, I didn't see Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I've I heard it's good though. I heard yeah. it's good. Yeah, and I've never seen that movie, but he's in that movie. Yeah, because I but he doesn't play the same character. But from what I understand, it's kind of I don't know if uh, Snatch was the. Not necessarily a sequel, but I think some of the characters, or there was something I remember yes, about that. I, I believe that is, I believe that there is some kind of. There's a connection yes. outside of the fact that it's Guy Ritchie, but there's a a, a, a character connection in there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, well, he plays the Turk, right? He plays the, in, the Turk in Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but that was that was Snatch is a good Snatch play. is classic, bro. I yeah. will watch Snatch anytime it's on. Yeah, I, again, Brad Pitt's <laughs> accent is ridiculous. Yeah. You and, like dogs? <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 again, Dennis Farina is my guy, man. Like that, that's my guy yeah. all the way. Den- Dennis <laughs> Farina, Dennis Farina is yeah, my guy. Yeah, he was great all the way. in that. So those plane when he hops on the plane, pops. The- <laughs> oh yeah, he, he's. I mean, again, all his. I mean, um, Midnight Run. He's fantastic in Midnight yeah. Run. Fantastic in Snatch. I mean, he's he's terrific in the movies, and and he used to be on that one of my favorite shows back in the old days. Uh, what was it? Police Story. He was he was. I remember. On, I don't know if I watched, but I do remember. That was one Police of his first story. roles. Yeah. Police yeah, Story. Yeah, because it was uh, a regular series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. When uh, we get back, Joe Patrick. Uh, no, who was it? Uh, Chad Bishop joined us earlier in the show, talking some tech, talking some ACC Media Days. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. 
Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back at a Chuck Show, hanging out in the Key Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Well, ACC Media Days uh, taking place this week as they uh, will be coming to an end coming up tomorrow. Let's head out to the waitforward.com hotline and talk to our guy who covers Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Chad Bishop, you can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Mr. Chad Bishop, and he joins me here on the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Chad, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show tonight. Well, hey, man, thanks for giving me that master of puppet intro there at the beginning. I, that really is a great way to <laughs> kick off that Wednesday night. Well, listen, we, uh, we get you amped up with the music uh, in our bumpers, so uh, we get you going. So, Chad, I want to talk to you uh, before we get into some Georgia Tech talk. Let, let me talk a little bit about the ACC um, in, in just some of the teams that, that we'll be looking at. Look, I, I think it's very, I think it's very, I don't know, early or just, again, people are trying to kick dirt on the grave of Clemson right now because they didn't make the playoff for the last couple of years and they lost two of their last three games, even though they did win the ACC when all is said and done. But I think Shipley is one of the more underrated players in college football in America. Um, I still think they're good at quarterback. You know, again, they may not be the Sean Watson and Taj Boyd type level of quarterback or, you know, again, Trevor Lawrence level of quarterback, but I still think they're pretty good. And their defense is always going to be outstanding. I think it's a little bit premature to be trying to throw dirt on the grave of Clemson that they're just not the organization or the, you know, program that they have been in years past. Yeah, and I think the other part of that, right, is like you just know that they're just eating that up, you know, over the border in South Carolina, right? That's that's the bulletin board material. That's the the rat rat poison that Nick Saban would talk about. I mean, Mr. Dabo Swinney is just you know whole off season is just saying look at look at this, you know, nobody respects us, nobody's talking about us. Um, I think you're right. I mean, it's they're they're still one of the cream of the crops college football programs in the southeast and and in the country and. I, everybody's really high right on, on Florida State, and, um, you know, everybody likes North Carolina with Drake May. But, yeah, I mean, Clemson's always going to be right there at the top. And um, it, it is funny that that narrative that they lose a game or two and it's it's all of a sudden that Clemson 
is done and they're finished and they're not part of this discussion. But, I mean, it's still the elite talent, like you mentioned, the elite defensive talent is still going to be there um, and, and always just an incredibly tough place to play when you go up there at Clemson. So, yeah, you, you can't write them off yet. And I bet I, I bet more than anything they're probably just salivating this offseason the fact that nobody is talking about them because it allows them to sort of feed that locker room mentality of the disrespect narrative and go out there and prove each and every week that they're still a major player in this ACC title race. And, Chad, uh, you mentioned Florida State. So I am one of the hosts for our college football show on Saturdays here, and I, I always try to latch on to a team that I think could be a, a, a playoff contender. And last year, unfortunately, it was NC State. Um, of course, injuries, you know, knocked them out. But, you know, it's been Oklahoma State and different programs like that over the years where I try to, you know, go besides just the kind of natural favorites. I really – I'm buying all in on Florida State this year. I think Mike Norvell has a really good program there coming back with the, all the talent that he's got, whether it's Jared Verse, whether it's, you know, uh, again – uh, Sermon and and they're obviously you know again they may have the best quarterback or at least one of the uh, best quarterbacks in the conference. I love everything about Florida State. This feels like a little bit of some of the old school Florida State. I don't know if it'll all translate into wins, but it feels like that this is guys coming back, and this feels a little bit like old school Florida State for this program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know definitely on paper, you know, when we talk. You know, here late July, early August, there, there's certainly a lot of buzz about that program, a lot of excitement, a lot of talent there. Um, you know, they got a good coach and a, a good quarterback. Uh, and, I, you know, I really like their schedule. The fact that they open up with LSU, you know, win or lose, I mean, that, that's a great game for them, right? I mean, that's the mm-hmm. game that you know, play close and maybe you do lose it. But we all know that college football early losses definitely don't matter as much as late losses and then you play always play Florida at the end of the year that's probably going to be a good win if you can knock that one off so um, you know play Miami uh, Pittsburgh um, not a lot of you know soft cupcakes on that schedule of course there's a North Alabama on there but you know play Clemson so there's opportunities there to get some quality wins impress some people move up those rankings Um, so that's number one and then like you said the the talent and this one of those you know stars aligned situations right where you've, you've built things you've got a lot of depth on that roster uh, you've got a coach who's done it. And so, yeah, you know, maybe this is the year. Now, when we talk about Clemson and that sort of disrespect narrative, you got to be a little bit wary if you're Florida State, right? Everybody's saying that you are going to be great and you are going to be in that discussion. So you sort of have to guard against that because you really haven't proven anything quite yet. So it's it's a matter of going out there and, and doing it week in and week out. First of all, taking care of business in the ACC and, and winning that conference title and then maybe getting in that playoff discussion. You know, Chad, this is a, you know, it may not be the best quarterback conference in America. I think that belongs to the Pac-12. But this is a really good quarterback conference this year. I mean, with Jordan Travis and, you know, again, um, Tyler Van Dyke and obviously Drake May. I mean, there are some really good quarterbacks that are in this conference this year. And obviously Tech's going to see plenty of those, you know, quarterbacks. but, But this is a sneaky good quarterback conference this season for the ACC. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. And I, I think it's been that way for a couple of years. And maybe, you know, I don't know why, you know, it's really flying under the radar in that regard. I mean, you know, Pitt has put out a, a really good quarterback or two. And obviously Wake Forest with what they've done. And we talked about Drake May at North Carolina. I mean, there's 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 guys that have, you know, signed scholarships at ACC schools and have really risen up the ranks when it, t- it comes in terms of uh, the NFL draft board or, um, you know, all-American teams or all-conference teams. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, I agree with you. It, it's really tough. You know, Brent Key talked about it week in and week out. You're going to face a really elite, really good quarterback no matter what school you're playing. Um, that's a challenge that, of course, you know, he said he loves and he relishes, but it, it's, it's going to be incumbent upon Tech, right, to, to find a similar talent right. to take over their football team, uh, whether that's this year or next year moving forward because all these other programs are signing these guys who are becoming – uh, just you know, world beaters and, and top ten draft picks, and uh, that's really where it starts, right? If, if this tech program wants to get to that next level, they got to find that game changing, program changing quarterback. So, Chad, um, you had the quote uh, from Brent Key uh, where you put on your Twitter page: "My expectations are not defined by wins and losses and production." Now, okay, I I understand that from a coaching perspective, but. Can you sell the Georgia Tech fan base on that? Because 
again, it's been multiple years of not so many wins and not in bowl games and things like that. I think folks are really kind of getting antsy for at least some signs of, you know, again, getting to or above 500. I I do think that it's coming to the point in this program that we have to see some wins. We have to see some – can't just see growth. We have to actually see some tangible results now. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tricky, you know, phrase right there from Brent Key, and I think – you know, his take on all this, because he was asked so much about expectations and where he expects his team to be and technically what is his year one for him, he's not going to go out there and say, I expect to win eight games or nine games. Now, don't get me wrong. He expects to win every game, and he wants his team to expect to win every game and to go into every game expecting to win. Uh, but I think more so for him, his expectations reside in the realm of, he wants his team to play tough and play hard and play clean. And I know that sounds like cliche and, and coach speak, right? But I, I think from his point of view, if he gets his team to do that first and foremost, then the expectations will be raised. Then the win total expectations will be raised over time. As a first-year coach, it's always tough because, you know, outwardly, you know, outwardly you're never going to publicly say, well, I expect, you know, to win the conference championship because then if your your team loses two games and they're going to go to the shell and say – well, we're not going to win the conference championship now, so blah blah blah. Why why do we keep trying? So it's it's it, it, I think I think it's tough, right? As that first year head coach to put out a number or an uh, expectation in concrete when you know you're probably not quite sure yourself on what kind of team you're going to have with some of the transfers, or some of the underclassmen, and the recruit, and the returners, and, and you're still trying to build this thing. So it's it's kind of a tricky narrative to sort of paint. Um, you know, I understand where he's coming from in the sense that he just really expects a team to really form itself in the locker room first and foremost. And then those expectations in terms of win totals will come down the line this year and, and, and years in the future. Chad Bishop, uh, Georgia tech beat writer for the Atlanta journal constitution, joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. Did you get a sense in hearing from coach key? I know we talked about, you know, toughness at the quarterback position and things like that, but did you get a sense about, you know, not so much that he, he came out and said, look, this is going to be our starting quarterback. But do you kind of think Haynes King really is the guy that's the leader in the clubhouse now? Is it his job to lose, or do you think that there really is a quarterback competition at Tech? I, I think he, I think he wants there to be a quarterback competition. I think he may know, you know, in the back of his mind or maybe in his gut, who's going to start that first game. But I, I don't think he's even going to tell that kid going into fall camp. I, I think he wants. You know Zach Pyron and Haynes King to sort of battle it out over, over the fall and see who who takes leadership of the locker room, leadership of the huddle, who can make plays, uh, and then who can go out September 1st and make plays against Louisville. Uh, I think he wants a guy who uh, is physically tough in terms of running the football. I think he wants a guy who's mentally tough in terms of maybe overcoming some adversity and bouncing back from an interception. A lot of those things won't play out in fall practice, right? They're They're going to play out in that first – you know, week against uh, Louisville and a couple weeks later at Ole Miss. Um, so, you know, I, I think there really is a quarterback competition. I Again, I, he, he probably knows deep down who he, he thinks will start that game, but I think he wants those guys to play it out and, and, and see who competes in preseason practice, see who can, uh, again, make those plays and, and rally the troops and, you know, all that college football cliche stuff, but he needs to see it. He needs to say, see who that guy is going to be. And, I, you know, I've covered college football a while, and just because, you know, one kid may start that opener does not mean that kid becomes a starter, mm-hmm. right, over over the course of the season. So um, does it play out over the course of the year? I, I would imagine they hope not. I mean, Brent Key, I think he's a, a one-quarterback guy. Uh, he, he would much rather have that guy come in. But I think he's going he's gonna to relish that competition this August and see who can rise to the cream of the crop and take over that offense. So a couple of the transfers on defense, um, Braylon Oliver, Andre White uh, from Texas A&M, you know, a couple of pretty good players that, that, that came in, you know, to this program. You know, they were a bad team against the run um, last year. Um, felt like a couple of years ago that they were really good at creating turnovers, maybe not so much, you know, this past season. But what do you look at defensively from this team? Obviously, the run defense has got to improve, but can they get after quarterbacks is the other question that I have, obviously with no Keon White now. No doubt. And, and uh, you know, I 
one of the prospect camps they had, I went out there and had a chance to talk to Andrew Thacker, defensive coordinator, a little bit. Um, I talked to him about the transfers. And, you know, just like any coach right now in the country, you're not signing these transfers to be backups or, or just to be rentals. I mean, you want these guys to come in and perform. You sign them for a reason. So when you bring in these guys experience at the FBS level or even if they're, you know, high-quality players at the FCS level, you want them to come in and perform right away. And um, is it patchwork maybe a little bit in year one for Brent Key? Um, but they're, they're going to have to use these guys all over the field. And to me, it's going to come down to scheme. You know, can they scheme up a defense? We're probably in year one in this, this system. They're probably going to be out-talented, you know, most weeks. I, I don't think there's any argument there. So they got to figure out a way to maybe mask some things, maybe overcome their weaknesses. Um, like you said, find a way to get after opposing quarterbacks but not leave themselves exposed down the field to, to big plays. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say trick, but a lot of, you know, stuff they need to do, maybe even unconventionally, to figure out a way to stop other teams while they replenish that roster, why they get the talent level up to par with some of their opponents. Uh, doing that via the transfer route is, is definitely a way to start. So I think a lot of those things will definitely contribute this year. All right, when we get back for the hour, we will get to the Braves' closeout as the Braves take it on the chin here tonight. We'll get to all of that next. We'll open up the phone lines to you at 404-726-0929. Join us up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studio, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.